Thank you very much. So, Virginia and Thomas, are you on? We are. I we am. Are. We're here. <laughs> I thought God's name was I am, not yours. <laughs> I know we're going to have a great evening today. And it's like, so, Virginia, how are you today? Well, the spirit's been stirring all day. And I can feel that happening around this presentation this evening that Thomas is going to help lead us in. And so my sense is that we're all going to be moved in some way in our hearts and in that still small space inside of us where the, the divine resides. So I'm feeling that strongly today. Your, your exact, I don't say feelings, but your desires or your intention. There's something about when we come on for Celebrating Life on the Zoom, I don't mean we're special, but I have a sense that the Holy Spirit, the angels, the entities are already focusing <laughs> us, focusing our attention on what's going to happen tonight, how our hearts are going to be open, how the Holy Spirit and the angels and the entities will work on us for healing, <laughs> and just to take us to a different dimension. I call it heaven, but like you, Virginia, I have this sense, and I've had it all day. It's just, it's like fine-tuning. Can't wait to be on. So, so Thomas, how are you feeling today? I feel, I feel full, Father Padre. I'm, I've had an interesting afternoon, and they, the, my guides have been blowing papers under my bed so I can't find them. <laughs> Phone calls from, from work that are last minute, like Hail Marys that need to happen, and <laughs> It's been an interesting day, and and really, the last two months, understanding where my, as Ron Roth talks about the little eye, yeah, and it was interesting that you said only God was I am the great I am, and but but that's part of what Ron was and what the mystic is. My understanding is that we need to be tuned to is how we are part of that, and that's within us. So I've been, I've been feeling very nervous and also held. Is it because of my presence, Thomas? <laughs> you've, been, you've been working on me for a half an hour, Padre. I told you I was going to call you late tonight after you wake you up. <laughs> uh, well, here's what I'll say, Thomas. Shh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, it's part of your talk. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so. Perfect. You've been doing that since I met you. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You know, it is. We all are like each other. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, as we continue tonight, I'd like to have Virginia open up with prayer tonight. And you know, today is the Feast of Padre Pio. I just want to quote one of his quotes. I think it's so appropriate for our life, our day, our world. Padre Pio says, Today's society does not pray. Hmm. That is why it is falling apart. Yeah. That's a big one. That's I think true. it just kind of taps us on the heart. So it, it's me. We need to put into more prayer of what life is happening around us. So we can be a part of the change. And Padre Peel nailed it, at least for me this morning on that. Yeah. So Virginia, I agree. Take us into that place of intimacy with God tonight. Yes, yes, I would be happy to. So I'm going to encourage people to take this moment and just let yourself settle into your chair wherever wherever you are, and place your hand on your heart, and let yourself just move into that place within your heart that is just special to you, where it's. It's, it's, you, it's your spiritual center and just hold your hand there on the heart while we join together tonight on this journey on the mystic's path. And in this path, we open ourselves to the presence of some of the greatest mystics that lived over time. And we ask them to come and be with us this evening. And I do feel that over the course of the day, they have already been with us, stirring things, stirring our hearts, awakening us. So we pray to Yogananda, to Padre Pio, Dhamma Bhagwan, to St. Francis, to St. Clair of Assisi, to Hildegard of Bacon, Teresa of Avila, 
Saint Faustina, our blessed Mother Mary, to Jesus the Christ, and all those ascended masters who love us dearly. And we open ourselves to receive the graces of the divine, the creator, our God, the great I am, who has chosen to bless us with great wisdom and love. And as we receive these graces, we gently enter ourselves into that great silence, that great stillness, a stillness that allows us to be fully present to the love that pours upon us, especially tonight. And in this place, our hearts raise in praise and gratitude for the gems of the still small place within us that is at peace. How grateful we are to have this sacred place to return to within ourselves. And may we awaken and be awakened and remember the love and passion, the mercy and the kindness and the light of the divine. May our families be blessed and we light a candle for all those who we love in our hearts. May our homes and our loved ones be blessed. May our communities be blessed. May those in the shadows be blessed. The forgotten ones, the marginalized ones, may they be blessed. May our Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg be blessed on our journey home. May the land be blessed and all those who are suffering the dangers of fires and storms. May all of nature be blessed, the trees, the smallest animals, the oceans, the birds. May they all be blessed. May our country be blessed. May all those who have lost loved ones be blessed. And all those who have passed or will pass this week, we bless them. May our prayers be heard across the land and heal this nation and those in it. We open our hearts in gratitude for all the blessings of peace we receive at this moment. And we ask you, our advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother, the Christ, the Great I Am, to fill our hearts with love, a holy love. It will increase our faith and hope, a love that will strengthen us to awaken. And we especially thank Thomas for the grace of stillness and silence that he is going to bless us with this evening. Amen. Amen. Virginia, that was so beautiful. You do take us to the throne of grace, and we feel that, all of us. Thank you for that beautiful prayer. My pleasure. You know, last week you presented on Come Follow Me. It's such an extraordinary presentation, and you got many compliments from that that I saw. And it just told me how much the Holy Spirit can speak through you, Mother Mary, just as the Holy Spirit will speak through Thomas tonight. If we put ourselves available to the divine, the divine will speak through us and bless those who are listening. And I look forward to tonight's talk with Thomas, because I know he's a monk. He's one of our monks, as you are, Virginia. And knowing that prayer is a big part of our walk with God. And from that place, we live life. And we rely on the Holy Spirit to take us to that next dimension. So, so Thomas, if I can ask you, what is a mystic to you? And how do we get there? Tell us a little about that. So I, it's a great question, Padre. And I've been pondering it for as long as I've been part of CLM. And, and since the first time I walked into Bobby's healing room, Ron Roth wrote this beautiful piece. A mystic is a person on the path of God, wanting above all else to know God, to experience God, to find God, to be enlightened by God. One who has decided consciously to make God the supreme priority of their life. 
and all of life becomes an adventure in discovering God. So this adventure is for all of us. And my intention at night is we all go deeper together in our own divine reality, in our own place with God. Allow, please allow my words, my story to draw you into your own deeper curiosity about your faith. I was born the son of a Methodist minister. I grew up in an environment pushing me to conform. I have a brother who is 10 years older. When I was younger, everything he did was bigger than life. From running away to Switzerland at 16 with money he had made from a paper route and living there for a year, to graduating with a master's from Yale. My, my parents gave him the seat of honor at the table when he made his short visits home. Needless to say, I emulated him. I fantasized about a living a life like his. He was my idol. He showed me how to live by doing. I lost my childlike power of God's grace within me at six. I acknowledged God only outside myself. I had no interest in my father or mother telling me how to live my life. And because I was lonely and lacking love, I grew up thinking that home was the place to leave. There were many times in my life when I was younger that I lied in order to feel safe or part of something or connected to a group, especially at school. This was how I thought others would see the best I could be. When I say I lied, I not only had trouble speaking the truth, I had trouble seeing who I truly was. I confess, I confess to you all, I wanna be forgiven. I'm surrendering to God to own who I am for the rest of my life. Before our divorce in an effort to save our marriage, we did many things. One of which was to start taking classes at FSD in 2007. I wanted to find myself and have greater meaning in my life. This is where I found God again in me. This was the beginning of a new life of meditation and self-confront, of healing and daily awakening. Here I started to feel my limiting beliefs being hacked away. In 2014, I went to my first CLM retreat in New Jersey. And when Padre gave me my first healing, he called out, here's your prodigal son, Lord. He has come home. I remember, I remember being on my back, feeling broken and, and also very reconnected to something so strong and deep. And there was another message, not just to be the son, but also be like the father. At that time, I could feel God calling me home and my restlessness started to break down. Jesus said, be compassionate as your father is compassionate. I was being shown how to forgive myself and I was invited to see through God's eyes. St. Paul said, the spirit himself joins with our spirit to bear witness that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, provided that we share his sufferings so as to share his glory. So Padre, Virginia, I have a question for the two of you. Padre, it feels like you're first. Padre, how do you experience Jesus saying, be compassionate as your father is compassionate? And do you have an example from your own life experience being the heir of God? as St. Paul suggests. Yes, well, I love that quote on compassion. And when I saw it on the screen, I was thinking to myself, oh, I first experienced that at a, a healing retreat 
not a Ron Roth, but another one, Randy Clark's healing one. And mm. I just remember being stuck to the floor and just wave after wave of, I call it glory, pain, love. And I realized that was the compassion of God because my life needed to be put back in order because at the time I was taking care of Ron Roth as a caregiver and my spirit, my body was wore out. So I took a week off to go to this conference, but I never experienced so much compassion for me. The thing is, give and you shall receive, but you got to have it. Ron Roth says, well, you first have to have it in you. And I felt I received that during that time. And I remember I have two examples. They might be small ones, but I think it applies here. I was attending a, another healing conference and I met this young woman and her teenage son. And I could tell they were less fortunate. They didn't have a lot of money, but they made it to the conference. And they made an announcement that the, the speaker, the main speaker was gonna stay the next day and do another healing and a communion for everyone. And I could tell they were just, oh my God, this would be an awesome thing. And and in their excitement, they said, but we can't because they drove to the conference and they don't have enough money to stay overnight for meals. And it's like, and you know, that little nudge of the Holy Spirit that says, be that to them. And it's like, well, so I did that. And just the pure awe of God showed on their face. It's like, we don't even know each other and you're providing this. And I says, this is what the Holy Spirit asks for. It's being what St. Paul says, be everything, be it all. And one other time I remember, it's like I'm the hand of God or I'm the provider. And it's not I, but it's God within me. Another time when I was in Brazil, I met this lady. She was on our tour um, with Bob and Diane, beautiful people. And they went to, I had a little difficult time communicating with her. She was a Catholic going to John of God was a little out of place, but she had a need, a desire. And once she found out I was a padre, well, I think it put up a wall and her interpretation, you know, me as a padre compared to a priest, uh, they don't jive. Anyway, that's in her mind. And so there was a little difficulty, at least in our communicating. But I remember after the tour, we were flying home. We were in Brasilia waiting to board the plane. And I noticed her, she was in severe pain. You know, you can just tell as she was sitting, it was just so bad. And I found out she did have a very bad, very bad back. And so I just heard the Holy Spirit just go over there and just stand next to her. So I did that. I was obeying. And all I said was, I'm just going to stand here and put my hand on you. And I'll just keep, continue talking, but we're going to, I'm going to allow God's grace to, to do what she does. Well, then they called for the boarding of the plane. So I went back, grabbed my stuff, and we got on the plane. And, you know, I, it was just obedient, period. Well, during halfway during that flight, you know, Padre had to use the restroom. So I stood in line and waiting. And she happened to come right next to me. And she was actually nice to me. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, something's strange. And she goes, I got to tell you, she goes, all my pain left. And I know she was going to... Brazil for that, and here the Holy Spirit used that experience. And to me, is there's a compassion of God because we step outside of ourselves to save another person. So thank you for asking that question. Well, that a great, two great examples, Padre. I love how one of them was being a father and providing, mm. helping them have a room for the night, right? Yeah. And then the other was, Sometimes when we're a father, we're not always liked very much. It's not always a popular place. <laughs> yeah. and, and you had the opportunity to not only give her a healing, but also for her to really shift her place with you and, and her persona and her spirit shifted with you. So you had a connection not only just with God and you, and her, but between she and you that she wasn't allowing before. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you for those. I like your analogy, Thomas. I'm, the picture, I don't know if it's still on the screen, but that is Rembrandt's prodigal son. 
and it's one of the last pictures he did. And the father's hands are huge on the son's back. And I, I just, I've always been kind of taken with that. And then reading, finding that piece about Jesus, be compassionate as your father is compassionate. You can really feel that the father is, he's, he's very close to the end of his life. And that there's something profound. I mean, how many mistakes we make as fathers, as, as mothers, how many times we have an opportunity to, to love and that's all we really have the answer for. Because we really, whatever the circumstances are, sometimes we don't know what's right. We can, we can do the right thing by continuing to love. And that's what I, that's picture seems to be very poignant that way. Beautiful picture. So, Virginia, how do you experience Jesus saying, be compassionate, as your father is compassionate? Well, it, it's so interesting that you just started bringing up what I was going to talk about, which is a great lead-in. And what I'm talking about is what the Holy Spirit was prompting me to speak about. And it's, it, it's a lot about the prodigal daughter. And so I'm just going to change the language a little bit. So it's the prodigal daughter returning to the mother. And what I reminded me of was one of the most profound experiences that I've had is relating to my first trip to Medjugorje when I was called to be with the Blessed Mother. And I took on this trip two things. One was a 70-page booklet of everything. I learned this from Bob and Diana. Of everything that I wanted and I was hoping to be forgiven for. And I had made a, a note starting at age one, age two, age three, and I went all the way through. And by the time I'd finished, it was 70 pages and I wanted to take it to be forgiven. And, but the more important thing was actually, I went to Medjugorje for my mother. And my mother didn't know this, that I was going for her, but I was. And she was, in her 80s, and she was a very stoic woman, so she would never sort of admit something like this. <laughs> but I knew inside myself that something was calling me to go to Medjugorje and ask the Blessed Mother to please be with my mother when my mother died. Mm. And I was the only daughter in the family, and my mother was had sort of different roles for me than she did for my brothers. And she was a good mom, but there were some challenges. And so t for me to get on the plane, it was in some ways the daughter returning home to the mother, mm. my biological mother. But it was also I'm coming home for the first time to experience really the blessed mother. And as I flew over there, I just knew in my heart, this is really what I wanted to do. And so I go into the church the first day when she's gonna appear and Shirley, Ryan and I are there. And we go into praying the rosary and we're there in the church and we're in front of that beautiful statue. And then she comes. And when she came, I was just glued to the chair. I had been praying for my mother and I was just glued to the chair. I couldn't move. And I remember feeling this overwhelming sense that she was actually there mm -hmm. and she was listening to me. And at the end of the time a song started playing and the song was a song that um, was in English which is unusual and it was the song that my mother had chosen and asked me to please play at her funeral and it was uh, Michael rode the boat ashore wow. it was a little bit of a strange song yes. for them to be playing in, in Medjugorje in English yeah. but they did and or maybe they didn't maybe I was the only one that heard it oh. but that's what was playing and I was overwhelmed with the presence of the Blessed Mother and how much love I felt and mercy. And when the session was over that night, I went out to the street to the payphone, which is how you could call home. And I called my mother and my mother said on the phone, she said, what are you doing? She said, this presence feeling came in the room. I'm, I'm no longer in any pain right now. And I just felt like my mother, she touched my mother in that moment. Mm. And it wasn't just that moment either. When I came home, I told my mother, 
what I had done, that I had flown there for her. And I asked the Blessed Mother to please be with my mother when she died. And so my mother wouldn't be alone. And what my mother, she didn't want to look at me so I could see she was crying. So she was sort of looking out the window of the car, but I could see that she was teared up. And she said, so you mean I won't be alone when I die? And I said, no, mom, you won't. When the beautiful woman comes, you go with her. And so she, that was about all she would say about this. But my mom died a number of years later. She died on Christmas Day. And because it was Christmas Day, every one of her grandchildren, all the spouses, all the girlfriends, boyfriends, the partners, all the people who loved her in her life were there with her. And we were all surrounding her. And you could feel the presence of the Blessed Mother. And I felt at the moment just before my mom passed, I heard this whisper inside me that said, you see, I called them all here. Because it was Christmas Day, everyone was there. And so my mom passed. And what it came home, what happened for me was there was this incredible link of compassion and kindness and mercy and forgiveness that just flowed through my mom, myself as her daughter, her only daughter, and then of course, to the Blessed Mother, and that the Blessed Mother had touched all three of us, all of us, so it was the three of us, mm -hmm. and it was, there were three generations, and I believe also that this somehow also passed down, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, passed to my niece Lily, mm -hmm. who's my only niece, who is my mother's granddaughter, and she carries it too, and so I feel like that coming home the prodigal daughter coming home and the, the peace and the compassion that you're given when that happens that's to me is what we're, we're speaking of whether it's christ or, the, or his mother the blessed mother we're forgiven and we're loved virginia you always just sweep me off my feet with your ability to show the profound experience that you've had and have me feel it in my heart I'm really grateful for that. I, I was aware how not only you took this big list of things you wanted to be forgiven for, and that, and that your priority was really for your mother. And it's an interesting thing what happens when we get seen. And I felt like at that moment when your mother had, you were driving in the car and she had turned her head that she was seeing you. And that you got to have that revelation as well. Yeah. So we all know as, as sons and daughters to our mothers and fathers, sometimes we parent them. And in that, that moment, we are heir to that. And that, that to me is, that's a really beautiful revelation in that story. Thank you so much, Virginia. Listen, my child, am I not here? I, who am your mother, are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need anything more? A year after meeting Padre, I was, uh, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. I had a malignant tumor in my throat, my fifth chakra from where I can speak the truth of who I am. After so many healings with Padre and Dana, healings in Brazil, I ended up in a trial study at UCSF for a five-week course of radiation. The beginning of that treatment, one day I was having an MRI. I was inside that dark tube and I felt something touch my arm when I asked who it was, her voice said, I am Mother Mary Guadalupe, and I'll be here with you, and you will be healed. I felt God calling me by my name that day. A new door had opened, and Blessed Mother showed me the path I was to take. 
I had, I had radiation treatment six times a week for five weeks. And I always wanted to go alone so I could feel that connection to God. And Mother Mary Guadalupe always met me at the door. She was there after the treatment when I sat in my car. And at the end of the treatment, I was 30 pounds lighter and struggling to get food in me. She was there throughout the whole experience. There was a greater knowing what it was to take God with me. Such a potent thing. Take God with me. With this humbling experience, one of my giants needing to be in control was being opened up and allowed to dissolve some more. The one who has found his life shall lose it. The one who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. So even with a strong commitment to God and striving to be awakened, knowing my purpose and service through the work, I continue to do at FSD. I still was challenged to stay in my truth, to be my true self. In 2017, I was baptized in the living water in Brazil. There was a beautiful ceremony. There was music and singing. Padre, Bobby, Barbara Rose, and Dana held me in body and spirit. Yet when it was over, I walked back to my room in my wet clothes. I was standing in my small white bedroom and I was alone and I was alone in a new way. At that moment, I looked over and saw Jesus on my wall. There's a picture taped above my bed, which I've been praying over the last weeks. I heard him say, stay with me, live your life with me. Again, I found what it was to take God with me and I was elated. I shed more of myself out of the way, more layers of a fearful, controlling spirit removed. We cannot attain the presence of God because we already totally, we're already totally in the presence of God. The full mystic is not just aware of the presence, but trusts, allows, and delights in it. In 2019, my son Will and I set out to walk a section of the Camino de Santiago in France and Spain with the intention to be with God, our divinely aligned guides, and experience the spirit of pilgrimage. After a couple of days in Paris, we took a train to the south of France and spent the night in a small hotel at the base of the Pyrenees. The morning of the first day, I woke up an hour before, my two a, before 2 a.m. in order to prepare and then have a teleservice with Padre. What I remember from the call was how moved I was by Jesus's words. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I came to prepare a place for you. And that place is within your very own being. Every human being is a temple to the creator's presence. Over the next eight days, Will and I stayed true to our intention and the call from God. The Camino supported the pilgrims, as did the towns and the restaurants. In the hotels where we arrived during the evenings of our passage, there was always a new altar which was set up in every room we stayed. There were always prayers before each meal and during our days walking this meaningful path. Many prayers. The first few days, Will and I spoke a lot to each other. On the start of the third day, Will said this would be his hardest day. We did not speak many words after that. Because of the miles and the experience of our physical bodies, there were many times when my knees or some part of my body just didn't feel like it could take another step. In that broken moment or moments, I would ask what to do. I was always shown how to change the angle of my foot practical things or as it hit the ground or take shorter strides or take more time to stretch or just think about things a different way. Be still and know that I am God. Whatever it was, it was guided. 
much like the way I felt guided at the Casa in Brazil. Toward the end of the 120 miles we walked over eight days, I had a deeper understanding of what Thomas, Murph, what Thomas Merton referred to when he said that all of us need to be on a pilgrimage so that when we are in a distant land meeting somebody for the first time, we see ourselves in their face and can acknowledge our oneness. Pilgrim's heart is seeking God first in all things. I choose the heart of the program. So Padre Virginia, may I ask you another question? Virginia, maybe I'll start with you this time. Okay. When did you experience your greatest challenges? knowing what it was about letting go and allowing God to take over completely. And how were you transformed by that? Mm, that's a good question. So I think that, I think I've been thinking, how would I respond to some of the questions you might ask? And the one piece that keeps coming and I'm reluctant to talk about it. So I kept pushing it away and not wanting to talk about it, but I think it's what I need to talk about as a beginning part. And that is that, like you, Thomas, I went through a medical journey that was mm. fairly profound about nine years ago. And it, some of many of you know this, some of you may not, but many of you do know it. You know, I ended up you know, having a, a brain tumor and it was in a, located in a very dangerous spot. And it was, I want to say the magical part. And the magical part was that the day I was diagnosed, I'd had a seizure and I was unconscious for about six hours. And I'd just seen the miracle of the sun. And so I knew, unknown to me, what was about to happen, that Mary was there. And I found great reassurance in that. I didn't know why, but she was there. And about 20 minutes later, I was unconscious. And that's when I discovered that I had this situation and mm. had to figure out how to get it out. It was in, in a very very, very tentative spot. And it took them about 10 weeks to figure out what they were going to do. And they came up with a plan. And then they shared with me what the plan was. This was at Mass General. And they decided they were going to take off the left side of my face. And that, I was grateful they'd figured out a way that they could do this. But it was also a rather daunting thing to be told. And they also told me that they were going to try to be really careful. But the, one of the challenges was that the, the tumor was inside the nerve and there was no way that they were going to be able to remove it without damaging me in some way. And so they had sort of prepared me that there were a couple of options that they thought might happen. And one of them could be my, my face would be paralyzed um, on one side. My, I could die from the surgery. There could be other sort of neuro, other little problems. So it was, it was a little bit of a daunting piece and it, the, the part of the was really most difficult was the waiting and the waiting it was a long many many weeks till they found a date where the number of surgeons that needed to come together to do the surgery could be there and during that time I really went into a profound connection probably the deepest connection I have had with since I was nine and saw Christ with with Jesus I I too had a blanket I it was the divine mercy blanket, Jesus, I trust in you. And I, I wrapped myself in that and I slept in that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I had the blessed mother near me all the time. There was some moments when I was felt really interiorly just frightened about what was going to happen, how my life would change, because I knew it would change in some way. I just didn't know how that was going to be. And it, there was a song, this is going to sound so silly, but there was a song I played a lot, and that song is a Michael Jackson song, and it's the song, You're Not Alone. And uh, the words were that touched me so deeply is, you are not alone. I am here with you. Something whispers in my ear and says, you are not alone. Though you're far away, I'm here to stay. I'm thinking of the Blessed Mother. Um, you are not alone, for I am here with you. You're always in my heart. I can hear your prayers. Your burdens I will carry but first I need your hand. I am here with you. You're always in my heart. You are not alone. And that, that just penetrated me. And the morning of the, when I, the time had come, 
and we were getting close to the event, I remember sort of doing a countdown and feeling, oh my goodness, I have to say goodbye to my life as I knew it. And I'm heading into a new life and I don't know what that is gonna be. And fortunately, I have some, I Rick and I have Shirley, a really good friend who came and were there to help me. And I went into the surgery that morning and I remember completely surrendering my life to the Blessed Mother. And I just, I turned everything over. I, I, I didn't know how, what was going to happen, how I would come out. And all I wanted, I said to the doctor, you know, that I said, I just, I just want to be able to smile. If I can come out and just smile, that would be happy. That would make me happy. And so I turned, I turned everything over, just like you did, Thomas. Very similar and very profound for me. And I came out of the surgery and my head was on fire. I was in a lot of pain. And the, the piece that I was left was that I wasn't able to speak. I wasn't able to talk. It was very difficult for me to talk. It was extremely painful. So I could have about 20 minutes a day of talking. And the rest of the time I, had to, I was in silence. And there are a couple of things. One, I learned that I'm not one of these people who when they finally do talk, they say something really brilliant or something really wise. I found that all I wanted to do was laugh and talk with my friends and just be a person here and just goofing around and hearing what was going on in their life and being able to respond back and talk about things that were happening in, in life. I learned that about myself, that connection and relationship is really important. That intimacy, the friends matter. And uh, those you love, that you make sure that they know you love them matters. And slowly over the years, I developed an ability to talk more and more. I you know, do get help around that. At times when you hear me slurring my words, it's because I'm, I'm struggling in that moment. But right now, at this point, nine years later, you know, I can pretty much talk and people wouldn't know that I struggle inside myself to be able to make the words. So that changed me. And I certainly had surrendered everything. And then everything in my life around being able to talk or speak was changed. And um, what I did find is that I, whenever I was talking about the Blessed Mother, I could talk endlessly. I never had a problem <laughs> with that. But then it seemed for some reason that situations, medical situations would like to compound themselves. So I had other situations that I need to, I'm dealing with in a chronic way. So I had an acute situation, but then I live in a chronic situation. And I found that every day, because I live in that chronic situation with some medical challenges, that I have to turn myself over. And some days I'm better than that. I'm better, I do it better, I mean, I'm better at doing it than at others. And other days I completely struggle. So what I'm saying, I guess my message is that we can experience it in an acute level, we can experience it at a chronic level. But um, the important thing is that we try and we don't have to be perfect. I wasn't perfect at it. I wasn't, I didn't come away with any great insight. I just knew that, that I had an intimacy with the Blessed Mother and an intimacy with Christ, but really with the Mother that has carried me over the last nine years. And that has really, in so many ways, saved my life. Wow, beautiful, Virginia. It's an amazing thing when our humanity is threatened. And like you said, it's like this, you go back, we go back to the simple things. Mm -hmm. And nobody can know what you went through. I mean, you, you gave, it sounded harrowing and at the same time, nobody knows what it's like except you. So we're kind of alone in a big way. I love that you found that piece in Michael Jackson where he's saying, hold my hand. It reminds me of that scripture quote where, where the scripture quote where Jesus says, take my yoke. Give me, surrender to me and take my yoke. It's easier to bear. The other thing that reminded me of was that St. Paul quote that he said, we're heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ, provided we share his suffering. And Jesus suffered. That was, that was part of his whole journey. And then he was resurrected. And what I, what I experienced with you, Virginia, is your resurrection has been teaching all the rest of us how to do the same thing. I want to Thank say you, John. With that, Virginia, your story is magnificent, but it parallels also Thomas's. Both of you had mm -hmm. answer as part of your challenge. 
on the mystic path, it creates a mystic because of the surrender of the soul, even the body, for all of us to let go. There are many times we need to let go, and those were times. And like you and Thomas, you didn't know when you had your surgery or radiation if you're going to live. And there's that whole thing of we could die today. And I know there are some on this call that are suffering with cancer, and I am sure their heart is beating. It's like, if they can make it through, I can make it through. So there's never the impossible. Everything is possible with God. And I just want to, I just, I'm cheering you from the inside because of hearing your stories. They're so profound. And this is what we live for, are these stories that really transcend time and space. But it's your story. But it's your walk with God, with the creator. However, you see the creators. And beautifully said. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Virginia. Thank you, Thomas. So, Padre, when did you experience your greatest challenges? Knowing it was about letting go and allowing God to take over completely. And how were you transformed by that experience? I think it's when I met you, Thomas. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that. Oh, my God. You're in so much trouble. <laughs> I want to concur my time because of what Virginia said. She told the story. Mine, I mean, in a nutshell, it was actually when I was Ron Bross caregiver for three years. It melted me. There was nothing left of Paul. And it humbled me emotionally, spiritually, physically. It had all those components in there. And there's a lot of stories that I could tell. But based on time, I'm just going to just let you know that I made it through. Each of us who are on this call are going through something, and it can be very challenging. But knowing we have an angel that walks with us, we have the beings of light that are watching over us. And when we have our, our prayer time afterwards, after this, we're going to really allow the grace to come and heal and restore, because each of us have a desire to be more whole than we are today. And I love Virginia's confession when she said she had 70 pages of what she wanted to be forgiven by. That is amazing. Not because of the number, but because of the intention. She wanted to go to the Millie moment of one year old. Who would ever think of what you did a one year old? I didn't smile at my parents. You know, they made me laugh. Who knows what it was, but the sincerity as a little child. And she took that on. And I invite each of you to take that on as maybe assignment for next week. Let's take that and write our own confessions out. And then we can pray over them next week as we conclude our series on mystics. So I'm giving you a pass, Thomas. Okay. Okay. I, I just looked at the clock too. So I'll speed up a little bit here. Thank you, Padre. You're welcome. So for a year, I had been praying and meditating each morning across from the Jesus beach towel over my living room chair, keeping him there to see and be seen during each day. And at the beginning of COVID, I heard to move it and place it over a mirror in my bedroom. And when I, when I put him there, I was unconscious that this is what is done during the Jewish tra tradition in Shiva. When someone dies, you cover the mirrors in your house. So my quest to be with Jesus was also a request to let death be a part of the relationship. And even now I feel some fear from that request. I had a really difficult time when COVID started and, and we got shut down. I was totally felt a victim and I got lost. I could feel the pain of my community, the fear, which I feel daily here. And, and I felt helpless. I remembered how back in 2015, still having a week left of radiation that Padre called me and I just happened to be on the floor crying at that moment. His words were, you need to stand up. There's no time to feel sorry for yourself. But God has a plan for you and you need to be strong. It's really something when Padre asks you to be courageous. And he has done this for all of us. I was facing my giants again and grace showed up through Padre, through the symbol of the covered mirror I was engulfed in stillness in that moment. 
like the other broken moments in my life, I had a choice to be controlled by fear or surrender and allow divine presence to regain a foothold in my being. Listen to God with your heart at the center of your being and be in communion with the divine presence where you can experience the healing presence of the Holy Spirit. St. Anthony was one of the Desert Fathers. He was born in 251. He, he is known for having gone into the desert and stayed there for 20 years to be closer to God. The stories are that he came out glowing, that he had a healing touch, and made those around him also feel held by God. My experience is that he was released by, from the hooks of the world the patterns of separateness. St. Ignatius wrote a poem based on the Latin word sushipe. It means receive me, receive me. This word is used to describe his life because Ignatius, like St. Anthony, like St. Francis of Assisi, gave everything to the divine. So they hold the mantle for us. You can read this poem with me. Take, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will, for all I have and call my own. Take, Lord, receive it all. You have given it all to me. Now I return it all. Everything is yours to do with what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. I am here now to completely surrender. I am here to fall back completely into the arms of grace. If there is nothing left of me, then I can be completely received. If there is nothing left of me, then I can be completely received. Do we say this to God or do we say it out loud to ourselves? Receive me. I'm ready to admit this experience fully here in the presence within. Here is the presence within us. This is the Jesus blanket over my mirror. This is the invitation from Jesus to let death be a part of our relationship when there is nothing left of me to give everything to the divine. God, I am willing. God, we are willing. Thank you. But Thomas, that that was beautiful. I love, grace holds me now. That's so, and I hope everyone has, are experiencing what I'm experiencing, as Thomas and Virginia's, this, the holding of God, the beholding of God the merciful, the loving God. It's, it's incredible. And Thomas, this was an outstanding presentation. You just want to say that publicly. Beautifully Thank done. you, Padre. I can stay in this space forever because this is where the divine is for me. I, just, I love to be loved like this. And I just want now to release the Holy Spirit with the intercession of Padre Pio, St. Teresa, our Blessed Mother, Yeshua, all the saints, the sages, to now welcome you. You welcome them into your home, to your heart right now, as we open up our hearts to pray for each other. So why don't I have Thomas pray first, and then your intention, and then prayer, and then Virginia to follow, and I will follow Virginia. My intention is really my prayer. It's for the Holy Spirit to envelop and intercede for all those who are suffering, who feel alone, who don't feel heard and who question their faith, that they find their hearts full of love tonight because we are loved and held in the deepest ways possible. Thank you, God. Virginia. Wow. Oh, beautiful, Thomas. Tonight, my intention would be that we all come to know intimately that small but grand still place within ourselves the silence of the soul this the beautiful stillness in the heart 
and that in that place we are capable of great things when we animate that part of ourselves. And this small place is the gateway to our deepest divinity. So my prayer for all of you is with the grace of the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother, Jesus the Christ, will pour that grace upon you in that holy place within your heart and whisper to us privately, calling us, calling us for an intimate relationship with the divine and strengthening us in that calling. And in that strengthening light will pour upon us and pour upon those that are around us that we love and deepen the presence in our own lives. May we all be blessed. May our homes be blessed. And may God's face shine upon you and grant us all peace. Amen. 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 Now we're all entering into this mystic path. Um, the words, the stories tonight, that you too join us. It's the mystery that unfolds when we're challenged, when we're broken, we need healing, when we need provision. God shows up in these holy moments. But the key to all of that is our brokenness, our surrender, our letting go. And as you heard the words tonight, as you heard their stories tonight, our stories tonight, we're all in this together. We're holding each other's hand. Just as Thomas and Virginia felt this divine embrace at their deepest, most the time that was needed, including myself. And I cherish those times. But I also feel right now, I know the angels are at, very active right now. My ears are burning. So I know it's like, get on with the Padre. <laughs> so, <laughs> for those who, if you're new, a lot of times I get what is called a, a word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit is healing this, touching you. And so I'm just going to call out some of those areas that I feel the Holy Spirit is really magnified in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, a urinary infection. You might feel heat. You might feel a coolness. You might feel activity there. That's the divine Holy Spirit doing her work of healing restoration. Hair loss. I don't think I've ever called that out, but some are, are struggling. I know I have that problem, but it's more than that. But because it, it means something to people. So God also knows your small needs, your big needs, but a hair loss. So a thicker hair will come in. Scoliosis. Somebody of you have scoliosis. And I just say straighten now through the name of Yeshua, Jesus. I think breast cancer or just cancer in general. I thank you, O Lord our God. And the spirit of the Lord says, you will live, you will live, you will live. And I just can feel people's being humble, being prayed for, being cried, cried right now because of God's heard your prayer. God's heard your heart. Sugar diabetes that goes. It just, I just curse that disease in the name of Jesus. Then this, just a pain in the, I call it the breast or close to the shoulder. But it's both and, I think shoulder and breast, that there's a discomfort or out of alignment. I just speak alignment now. Alignment, alignment, alignment. And even suicide thoughts. Because of the pandemic, because of the fear, because of the unknown, that's just the evil one just throwing, throwing you off course. But I'm saying God is throwing you a, a, a line, just as Virginia and Thomas did, that there's hope tonight. Run to the very presence of our, our Lord, our Lady, your favorite saint, Padre Pio's here. It's his feast day. And he says, call on my angel with your angel and let me know what you need. So in tonight before you go to bed, tell your angel to go to Padre Pio's angel. And he says, I will be there for you. And the same thing with Ron Roth. He has that same access to heaven. So we call upon Padre Pio and Padre Ron tonight to intercede for all of us. Even an infection in the body from a lot of times our immune system is off whack, I'll use that term, and you know what I would mean, that right now just the stillness, the peace, the shh, the quietness, allow that quietness to go down deep to your bone, your bone marrow. I thank you, O Lord our God, for deliverance, 
for restoration, for healing. May the abode of God be upon you. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit walk with you in your greatest need and meet your greatest desire. May the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and grant you peace, shalom in all areas of our, your life. And I bless you as your Padre, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace, the shalom of God. Thank you for joining us. Virginia, thank you. Thomas, thank you so much. We'll see you all next week. Please write us and let us know how you experienced tonight because it was a profound one. Oh, happy days. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Padre. Thank you, Virginia. Thank, Thank you, Thomas. Thomas. Thank you, Padre.